This is Marching In, a brand new Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music is from the immensely talented Lawrence Norton. We would really appreciate a follow on Spotify and on Twitter, where you can find us at Marching In Pod. Lovely stuff. Welcome, listeners. I am delighted to be joined by my wonderful co-host, Sam. And in the midst of a busy Thanksgiving schedule, uh, we are joined stateside by Paul Cox. How are you both doing? Yeah, pretty good, mate. You, so? I'm good as well. Just uh, enjoying the American festivities. Just at your little pre-Christmas dinner, you were saying, Paul. Get that, get that yeah, down here today. I think we're, is it 25th today? Yeah. So it's exactly a month. It's a good little, you know, warm up. It's the same thing. Turkey, there's a few other things. They don't do roast potatoes out here, which is a crime. Um, mashed potato, green bean casserole, which I rate actually. It's like mushroom, it's like green beans with mushroom, cream and mushroom soup. And then these like onion, crispy onion things on top. It's really good. Ever had it? <laughs> I don't know if it's just me. Sounds good. Mashed roast, mashed roast is poor. I like, I like mashed, but it's not, it's not. Yeah. Roast, yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, Sam. That casserole sounds decent. I mean, it doesn't, the actual name of it doesn't sound nice, but when you describe it. Yeah, you look at it and you think it looks like, it looks dodgy as well. But when you get, I just had some actually, it's decent. I can't remember yeah, what else yeah. they do as well. Do, do something with sweet corn as well, which is half decent as well. You pop crispy onions on anything, I reckon it improves it probably yeah. twofold. Not Alex um, McCarthy though. I've yeah. gone early there, haven't I? <laughs> I mean, we could we could just start there to be honest with you. I mean, Paul, you you coach soccer. If one of yeah, so a player at your level that you coach at uh, does what Alex McCarthy did on Saturday, how are you feeling about that? Fuming, and I'll be honest with you. When I watched it, I was just like, you see, I don't know if this sound bad or not, but I kind of expect it from our keepers, you know. Like they, I mean, they're developing. They're not a full professional. They, they'll make those mistakes. I thought <laughs> again. I'd have to see both goals again, but I thought the second one was worse than the first one. Could, I don't know. Yeah, right. Well, let, let's let's we'll we'll take a. They're we'll, both we'll, bad. We'll, yeah, they're both bad. We'll um we'll take a proper look at, at the game in detail. Uh, but I guess Coxie, one of the reasons we've got you on is that. We had you on probably about six weeks ago going into this five-game stretch, which, yeah, I think we felt that Saints needed to pick up points and largely they did deliver 10 points from an av- available 15. So I think the first fixture of that five games was Leeds. Yep. But perhaps why we've left this a few days to record is that we're cooling off after a very disappointing trip to the Carrow Road. Um Sam, I normally go to you to kind of kick off the assessment based on our, our last game. So we're going to do a bit of a, a review of that, that fixture. Maybe look at where we stand. We're basically a third of the season in now. So 12 Premier League games played. And then we'll preview upcoming games. We've got some good listener questions. But yeah, Sam, starting with, with Norwich. <laughs> game of two halves. Really bloody disappointing to come away with zero points against the worst team in the league. Come on, let's uh, let's dissect it. 
I mean, it was almost indicative of how we've been the last few games, but the opposition's actually punished us this time. We started off really well, got the early goal, and then just struggled to, well, say struggle, just not put the game to bed. And, I mean, I think we had, I read, I think we had over 15 shots in the first half on, on Saturday, which is ridiculous numbers. And, yeah, it didn't kill the game off. They made, they made a tactical change at half-time, brought on Josh Sargent for Campwell because it wasn't really working with Campwell down that side. And then it pushed back our full-backs, Livermento, Walker-Peters didn't get forward at all in the second half. And, yeah, we, pro- we really struggled. I can't, other than Walcott's header, and I'm sure we'll get to Walcott a bit later on, um, it, we just had nothing in the second half. It, just, it was really, really poor. And Norris deserved to win in my opinion, because if you don't react to tactical changes and react to opposition raising their game, then you don't deserve to win a game. Oh, I'll, uh, yeah. I guess you caught the, the full 90 of this. What, uh, what are your thoughts? I caught about eight. I, t- I was texting Sam throughout the game and I had two, I think it was 10 minutes after, or five or 10 minutes after we can see the second, I went, I've turned it off. I just couldn't watch it. But, but as soon as, as soon as Che Adams scored that first goal, I thought, here we go. Like I, th- I honestly thought it was going to be similar to Watford. I thought we'd just see it out, but then conceded right away. What we scored in the fourth minute, conceded in the seventh or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I thought, yeah, I thought we peppered them a bit in the first half, but just the second half, and it's just where. And I think I mentioned this last time I was on, but it's just some of the substitutions just baffle me. And Sam's really kind of alluded it. You bring up the gut. Chadham scored. He's just come back off the international break where he scored. He's definitely scored one. He scored two. Two. And you take him off in like the 57th minute or something like that when it's 1-1. And then when it, I mean, you then were 2-1 down and then you look to the bench and we're kind of fucked. <laughs> like you go, oh yeah, we'd love to bring him back on. I wish it was under 10s, roll on, roll off. But it's just... <laughs> It it's so interesting, Sam, because we we were the last time we did a full pod like this. We were talking about the subs versus Villa and how well they went for us, and how we strengthened once they were made, and Villa sort of weakened when they made their subs. Uh, it, they they were just bizarre changes from Ralph, and I think you know he's obviously attempted to claw back the control that we had in the first half. We were very dominant, but. None of them just seemed to make sense. I think the Shea Adams one was probably the most strange. But even with Broger coming on, it shifted Armstrong out to left. I don't think he was actually that bad as one of the number 10s. I thought he'd still look quite threatening. But it just seemed very, very strange. And Walcott, I mean, I think you'll both probably chip in with your two cents on Theo. But I just almost feel for him at the minute. Like he... He just does not look good enough for, for this level anymore. And and that's kind of the truth of the matter. Yeah, in terms of selection, I was a bit surprised even when I saw the starting lineup that obviously Armstrong was missing, must have either picked up a knocking train or international duty. That's, that's, that's a bit of a worry. And then you bring in Diallo, which I mean, I know Redmond and Gineppo are both missing for different reasons, but I mean, I thought Diallo did okay, but it just seemed to completely put us off kilter to the fact we played so well in the last few games with our usual 4-2-2-2 formation. And then you bring in Diallo, who I don't... I think they obviously shifted the formation a bit to, to get him into the side. And 
I mean, I'm not of the opinion. I'm not of the opinion of some Saints fans that Nathan Teller's going to be a world beater. He's this, he's that. But I think he deserved the chance on Saturday. I mean, I'd rather have him in over Walcott, and then I'd rather have him play this in a Diallo in that sort of position. Or if you're going to, I mean, take Wal Prowse or Romeo out, just try and keep the formation the same. And then Teller didn't even get brought in the second half when Walcott was brought on. And then there was the weird change at the end where you're bringing on Leandro for Romeo and going to a back three, which just, just didn't get really. Yeah, it, just, it was just all a bit of a mess. And then I just don't, I just don't see what Walcott offers in attack. He's, he's lost his pace. He's got no composure in front of goal, as that header showed. And yeah, it's just all a bit weird having to shift out Armstrong, who all of a sudden is back on back on the score sheet with that really good goal against Villa, and you shifted him out wide. No, I just I just didn't really get it from the get go. Really, I was going to say just that with Theo, and I also thought about Oyanusi. I've kind of watched clips of the game back just to try and think, like you know, maybe was I being. I think overall Diallo didn't have a bad game. I think there are elements to his game which definitely need to be improved, like decision-making in the final third. But El Yanusi and Walcott, I'm always so surprised if they control the ball well and do the right thing, which when you think about you know Premier League footballers who are supposed to be our kind of creative force in the positions they play, that just simply isn't good enough. Like if one of those two takes a good touch, does the right thing, keeps the ball moving the right way, plays a good cross, <laughs> has a decent effort goal, I'm like, fucking hell, I didn't expect that. Yeah, I think you've kind of touched on there, Luke. We've, I think we're just a very, very average team with very average players with the exception of a couple. And we've, we've, I was chatting to a, a friend who's a Leeds fan. I was asking him if he's worried and he was like, no. And I said, you're probably in the same situation where we are. We've stayed in the league the last five seasons or so because there's been three worst teams. And we're just getting by with average. Like Nathan Redmond stinks of average. Elianusi, he's all right. Like he's a bit flash in the pan, but he's average. Um, I mean, here's a, like, who's above average in our team? James Ward-Prowse, Salisu, Livermento, Walker-Peters. Outside of that, everyone's bang average or below. And it, I, maybe Che Adams can, he's growing into that mould now and hopefully, you know, Adam Armstrong, Stuart Armstrong's more better than average. Sorry. And Adam Armstrong might go into that in a year or two, might follow the same pathway as kind of Che Adams did. But, but it's kind of like you're saying, Luke, like you just say, they can't do two things and they're professional footballers. They should be able to do it. And it's just like, I think if we lose two of the three of the players we just mentioned, as soon as Ward Prowse went, as soon as we lose Ward Prowse, Salisu and Stuart Armstrong. We're Bournemouth and Fulham, I think, in the championship, our squad. We become a yo-yo team. I think we're in great danger of that. I don't know if that's me being really pessimistic, but that's how I've kind of felt for a while. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. The relegation thing, I think, has been looming for obviously a few years now. I think we'll start this year too. So, so do I. I. I just think it's almost. I think it's almost like inevitable that eventually we will go down unless we're taken over, which is a bit of a, it's a bit of a depressing thought early on in this pod. I realise, but yeah, I'm with you that it could end. We could end up in that situation if we're not careful, and if we do lose personnel, which is a worry. But 
Yeah, it's quite, I realise it's quite broad. We're going from the Norwich game to that, but yeah, it's uh, it can It's definitely. No, a I mean, I think the Norwich game kind of is what it is. We were pretty good second, pretty good first half. Very poor second half. Norwich were much improved. I mean, let's quickly touch on because I, I think the broadness of this discussion is merited, given some of the listener questions we've got, given some of the stuff we want to talk about. You know, including the the January transfer window, which is around the corner, and looking at how much we've likely not got to spend is probably cause for for more concern. But those McCarthy errors, Ralph's come out today and said, look, you know, he's also won us points in in games this season, which. No, I think Sam, you made a good point. Yeah, you made a good point about his save against Watford, where there was one earlier where KWP has to clear it off the line because McCarthy fucked it. So, like, I think there's swings and roundabouts with that, but it's undoubtedly an area we need to strengthen. I just, I've watched that second goal back a few times. I think the first one, it's not good goalkeeping, and you expect most Premier League keepers to save that at their near posts against Pookie. The second one was like baffling to me it was almost like it happened in slow motion like where the ball bounces and I think all the centre-backs who were kind of round Hanley at the time I think Lianca's there Salusi there are like what has just happened I don't think Lianca covers himself in glory not marking Hanley properly but that second one was like I'm not it's literally like watching amateur football him trying to save that it was like watching Calvin Davis try try and be be in goal in our first Premier League season (laughs) let let in goals at his near post left right and centre I mean, maybe he's just maybe he's still coaching. I don't know. <laughs> it was a uh, just a nightmare, just an absolute nightmare. And you know, I think it has to be an area where we're looking to improve. And I, I know we are. I know there's been the links with Johnson. And I don't know. I've, I've listened to a few things, kind of talking about the goalkeeping situation. Where if we bring in someone like a Sam Johnston. Do, do are we left in the situation we are currently in now, where we've kind of got two people that Saints fans think as much for muchness, and we're we're kind of we're, we're in a similar situation? I don't think we are personally. I think Sam Johnson is a big improvement on both of them from what I've seen of him. Yeah, but yeah, just so frustrating to concede two goals like that when you know we're much the better team. I know we weren't second half, but you do deserve to get beat if you're gonna not kill a poor team off, and then your goalkeeper does that. They are poor, Norwich. They're so bad. I think that's what makes it worse is because... That's, was that their first one of the season? It was, wasn't it? Second one. Second? Who did they beat before? Brentford. Brentford. Oh, They've yeah. done back-to-back wins, basically, now. Oh, yeah. That's right. You got sacked in the after you won. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so I just... I don't know. It's just a weird... It's uh, it's worrying. Especially when we beat, we played them the first game back of COVID, didn't we? At Carrow Road. Yeah. We battered them. And I don't think either team's changed that much. No. I think the thing with McCarthy is he is what he is. He's He's got yeah. to be number one at a Premier League club by accident. He, he only, he's only there because Forster was in, was in a terrible run of form. And then he got put back in because Angus Gunn let in nine goals in one game. And he let in one, nine goals in one game, but he's still in goals. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, he's just he's just a number two. He's a Premier League number two at best, and he is going to have good games because goalkeepers have good games. But for the vast majority of the time, he is a very very average goalkeeper, and we need to improve on him. And we needed to improve on our goalkeeping situation for the past probably three or four years since Force went into that slump, and we just haven't. And it's going to lead, it's going to cost us points, and it's already cost us points. Yeah. 
I don't think there's a great deal more to say on the Norwich game. I think we've got far more interesting stuff to talk about, uh, including yeah, what, what's coming up next. So we go to Anfield in two days' time. Lovely. <laughs> We're going to get pumped, aren't we? Yeah, royally. <laughs> I think they're the team. They're the one team in the league. I mean, we played. We got a point at City, didn't we? But I think Chelsea don't work. I mean, Chelsea are good because I mean, Tuchel's an amazing there. But I think Liverpool are the one team you don't want to play in the league right now. Just like the the thought of Salah within thirty yards of our goal is just scary. But at the same time, we do have a habit of like surprising ourselves at Anfield. It's just like I don't. I just think we're going to get. Yeah, I think I think those top three are obviously very just just so much better than everyone else in the league. But for some reason, in my head, I just have Liverpool. For us playing them, I just have them as ahead. I just think they can. They're just clinical. They're just. They won't take. They won't have many chances to score a goal. Whereas City, I know, in that game they didn't really create much against us. But I find that. They can, they can sort of, without them having a striker or a main forward now, they, they'll take a lot of chance to score. They don't really, haven't really smashed anyone this season too much, other than Norwich. And um, I just think Salah, Mane, Jota, I mean, you, you could go on their full-backs, their midfield. It's going to be a long, long afternoon. I mean, I'd love to be surprised as we were against City, but yeah, it's going to be a Salah captain weekend, isn't it? I've already done it, mate. <laughs> Already done it, yeah. <laughs> Safe points, that isn't it. Yeah, I mean, Salah bagging a minimum of two goals, I think, is is pretty good prediction for the weekend. And I, I can't. I mean, we I think we've scored the second fewest amount of goals in the in the league. We've got eleven scored, and I know we've shored things up at the back, but like you say, they're just an absolute machine going forward, and seem to have taken their I think offensive sort of patterns and play to another level. So I, I'm concerned for for Saturday. I think going to the Etihad, Sam, we didn't even preview it. We just thought, look, let's uh, let's write that off. Dean Hammond surprised everyone. He did. He did. <laughs> um, yeah, not quite sure why, uh, but we we did, and uh, we're kind of in a situation where. Saints do do surprise everyone once in a while with a result like that, but I just can't see us getting anything on Saturday. And I mean, there, there again isn't much point in kind of previewing this too much. But we picked up ten points from available fifteen from the last five games. We're going into a run of five fixtures, and I think we discussed them just before we came on. We play Liverpool, Leicester, Brighton, Arsenal then Palace, isn't it? So we've got two midweek games coming up in the next few weeks. It's a really packed schedule. Let's do similar to what we did before with the the upcoming five fixtures. We can comment on any of the individual games if you want to. I personally think that we might pick up more than we expect to in the games against Leicester, Brighton um, and Arsenal. Palace uh, look pretty decent this year under Vieira. But how do we think we'll fare in the upcoming games? I think we need to get set. I'm just looking. I just pulled up the fix myself, but I think we need seven points. I think we need to take care of the home games against Leicester and Brighton. Leicester are they're a weird team this season. 
I think we have to pick up points there. Um, Brighton as well, same thing at home. Like I know Brighton have started well. I think we can write off Liverpool, and I think we can pick up a point either Arsenal or Palace. And again, that might be me being my expectations might be too high, but I think going in, I think that needs to be. If we can get seven points from that, we'd be pretty happy. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking I'd be happy with six, but seven seven would be okay. Definitely well, would be better than okay. If I'm happy with six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the two home. I don't think we'll win both the home games with Brighton and Leicester for some reason. I just don't. I just think it's Saints. I just don't think we'll win two two home games in four in four days. So I'd probably take four points in those games, and then I'd, I'd think we could get up get a couple of points from. Maybe Arsenal Palace or maybe Nick a win one of those games. I hope, yeah, like I said, possibly six or seven points would be ideal. Liverpool's a write-off, in my opinion. And then Arsenal and Palace away. They're sort of fixtures that I know I mean we haven't won at Arsenal in the league since I think before I was born. So that's do a win there. And then Palace away. We've actually got quite a good record there. But I know we lost there last season. Other than that, I think we've got an incredible record. Yeah, I think part. we do. And um I know they've improved this season, but they're still it's a winnable, still a winnable game. So, yeah, seven points in those games, as Cocky said, would be ideal. Try and get up to, what are we on now? We're on 14, 15 points? That... No, a person 21, seven points would. I mean, you'd probably be happy with that from those from those games. I mean, if we could get more, great. But, yeah, six or seven points would be, would be ideal. So I know the last time we were on, while I was on, we were talking about previous five, where we got the 10 from 15. We were talking about Ralph keeping his job right. It was a very much a Ralph in or Ralph out. And we kind of, I think, said nine points. Yeah. Right? I think we said, I mean, he got <clears> 10. Um, so two things. I've just pulled up the latest odds on the next manager to leave and hasn't who will second at nine to two. The first one's Rafa Benitez. So then... My, my question is, like, I'm still on the fence. I'm probably still leaning more Ralph out, to be quite honest. But the thing that came up, I remember when we spoke last time, and it's a, it's a common thing that I see on Twitter from Saints fans is, well, who else is out there? Right? I think that's very common. I don't know if you guys see that same thing. So then I thought, since we last met, uh, Howe has been appointed at Newcastle. Ranieri's been appointed at Watford. Gerard's been appointed at Villa. And you could almost put Dean Smith into that mix now because he was let go in at Norwich. Uh, any of those four better than what we have? And could we, could we, would we be able to attract any of those four managers? I think we could have attracted Eddie Howe in terms of the geography and um, his sort of standard in the game. I know he's obviously Newcastle's a bit, bit of a different project now with, with the funds he's got behind him. I think if Ralph had gone when Howe was available, I think, yeah, I think Howe would have, would have probably jumps at the to come to Saints. I've probably changed my mind on Ralph. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm never hundred percent, never hundred percent sold on Ralph. I just don't see him being sacked before the end of the season, unless there's some sort of 10 losses in a row disaster. I just think Saints have invested so much into him now. And I don't, I just don't see him going. I don't see him leaving on his own accord. And I don't see Saints sacking him. As much as if he ended up wanting wanting them to or not, I'd have loved to have taken Gerard. You know, I know he's unproven, but he's an intriguing one. one. An intriguing one, yeah, isn't it? He really is. Yeah, I don't think 
I, I just think that Villa, the, the money that Villa have and potentially elements of what Gerard must have been promised, I feel like he that, that seems to make more sense than him of ever coming to Saints, unfortunately, just yeah. the situation we're in. I mean, Sam, I sent you that thing about just doing the rounds because of Solskjaer being sacked and obviously Rangnick now looks like he's coming in for six months, which I think worth talking about towards the end of the pod because of um, his relationship with Ralph as well. But when since Solskjaer was hired at United, the net spend, United are, um, are, are, are top of that with 312 million. We are rank bottom with 12.9 million. And, you know, there are clubs above us, including Sheffield United on 119 million, which stunned me personally, um, that aren't in the division anymore. But that for me is why I still... You know, I feel like I'm probably glass half full on Ralph more than you two are in terms of our previous conversations. But when things like that get surfaced, it does make me think, geez, I'm not I'm not maybe of the opinion there aren't other managers out there, but should we potentially sort of respect the job that Ralph has done more <laughs> given the constraints he's working under? And, you know, I think there were links with a few other teams when he's gone through good patches before, but again, he's come out in a recent press conference and said he's never been happier. And maybe that is because of a sort of unrivaled job security. You can lose 9-0 twice and not really be under scrutiny, whatever. But I feel like he is pretty content here. And like you say, Sam, I don't think he's moving his own accord. And I think his stock is still too high within the kind of broader footballing community. And at Saints, I mean, he's going to move on. Yeah, he is working under kind of... Um limited resource if you are like I think if he was back I've kind of said this before like if he was back financially in the trans market I think a lot of people's opinions would check including mine to be honest with you I feel like if he was be able to go out and buy I feel like he'd have to do a GoFundMe to get himself a Sam Johnston like with that type of money <laughs> can I please have a goalkeeper uh, but um, I, I do think my I think if he was backed then he would be successful but I'm just being I was thinking about what sort of job he'll do next whether he leaves Saints of his own accord which I'd probably say is more likely than us removing him but where where do you because I I feel like other when I speak to fans of other clubs they're like oh you're a good manager and Hassan who probably more than Saints fans think it sometimes but I do often think where would he go next Leicester I could see if Rogers was to go to United, I could maybe see him being on the shortlist for someone like Leicester. I don't know. Because they can financially support him as European experience. I don't know. Mm. Um, they do like taking what? people off us who've not lost 9 nil as well. To be fair, so. Yeah, and managers who divide the uh, the fan base like Claude Puel. Which was, I often forget that he ever managed Leicester. And then I'm like, fuck, like you see a Premier League years or something in his face is in there as Leicester manager. Uh, yeah, Rogers to United is a weird one because there's still rumours that circulate around on social media. I mean, obviously Rangnick's now in charge and will be kept on maybe as some sort of director of football post him being interim manager. But I mean, he's doing, uh, he's had a very good stint with Leicester, but they've been very poor this season. It leads us on to who our next fixture is against. We're writing off the Liverpool game. I personally feel like we've got to target three points against Leicester with the form they're in right now. You know, yeah, maybe put some uh, put some things to bed as well with with kind of previous fixtures or whatnot. I feel like that is a game we have to target. But the Rodgers to United thing is a bizarre one for me. 
I know a few Leicester fans aren't, <clears throat> aren't too happy with Rodgers at the moment, but you've got to think he's got a, quite a bit of credit in the bank. I mean, he won the FA Cup six months ago, so he's got a bit of credit in the bank there. But yeah, they're definitely a side that we can get off it, we can get at. They're not, they're obviously missing players and Fafana and Justin who have been very, very good for them the past last year or so. And um, I mean, I think if we get some pace in behind players like Sionchu and Johnny Evans, I think we can really get at them. Also then there's the opposite side where they've got Jamie Vardy, who's, I mean, I just think he's just a ridiculous. I think he's, I think he's brilliant. I know, I know he winds opposition fans up. But I just think he's such a good player. I think he's been, he's going to go down as a Premier League, Premier League legend. And um, yeah, I think if, if we're going to, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche to say keep Vardy quiet, keep Leicester quiet. But yeah, if he, if he is a quiet on Iron Tuesday, I think we've got a very good chance of uh, picking up some points. Yeah, I agree. I think that no Vardy, no party in it. You know, he, he's their best player. They've got obviously Barnes and Albrighton and uh, Madison, who's been quiet, but he can turn it on. Um, but, yeah, our, our results against Leicester have always been a little bit... I mean, the 9 0 side have always just been a little bit... Like we either were great and I think we're in a convincing win or it's full 180 on the other, on the other side of things. So... Um, do you know if we if they have a is it a midweek fixture? Yeah, yeah. I was wondering mm-hmm. if it was a Saturday or Sunday, and they had a European game the night before. The they're playing Sunday because that's so the games on so the games on Wednesday. They're playing Sunday. I think they're, I think they're playing tonight. I remember like when they first came out. We I just always felt like we were dominant. I think there was a game where Shane Long came on bag twice against them at home. If I if Christ. I remember correctly, just yeah, many many moons ago. Given Shane Long was scoring. Um, yeah, I, I think Vest, to, to your point, Sam, about taking people off us that have lost 9 0. I don't think Vestergaard and Bertrand are getting in the, the starting 11 right now. They're, they're favouring Dan Amati over, over Vestergaard as the third centre back alongside Evans and Siunchi, which kind of goes to show maybe we've, we've definitely pulled off a decent bit of business. But <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they're certainly not rating him. But I think Leicester fans kind of turning on Rodgers is a, is a bizarre one, given what he's done for them. Um, we're going to wrap on this sort of management segment before we move into some listener questions. This podcast is supported by Peabury Coffee, award-winning coffee based in Hampshire. Gerald and his team batch roast their coffee beans by hand. And the host of this podcast is a big fan. Check them out today at peaberrycoffee.co.uk. That's absolutely right. Been buying Peaberry for around a year now and would never go back to anything else. The current beans on rotation are the Colombian kind, Finca El Mirador. And for listeners of the pod, we are going to be running some listener competitions where you can win a bag of beans, a bag of Gerald's finest, shall we say. Um, but yeah, big shout out to Gerald and all the work he's doing, supplying coffee up and down the country now. So yeah, great to support a local business in, in Hampshire and stay tuned for more. I just got a free trial on a VPN today to unlock um, ITV Hub so I can watch I'm a Celeb. Oh yeah. So that might Richard, be my... I might have a question for... Richard have, out. Who's that? Richard Mady's pulled out of it. Is he, I saw he got sick. I see that Steve McDonald's going in and Ian Bill, mate. What a treat yeah. that is, by the way. <laughs> so that might be in my... Madeley's out. Yeah, he's pulled out with, a, yeah. with no. the hospital. 
I want, I wanted him to win. Richard just Adam Park, just Adam Partridge in real life. Yeah, I mean it's a real life Partridge. Do you see him sliding down that chute? Yeah, <laughs> like the most bizarre sort of body position <laughs> to slide down a chute I've ever seen. Ant and Deck were loving it. That's the only bit I've seen, um, which was good. Really we were just talking about Ted Lasso, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched yeah. it? I've watched the first season. I really want to tuck into the second. Actually, it's something yeah. that I've been like saving up to almost like treat myself to. Like, yeah, do a, it's a, do a big binge of it. It's quality. So, like, I was just telling Sam as you went away, I pulled up Twitter, right? And the first tweet I see is from Ted Lasso, and it's green bean casserole is the channel of Bing of Thanksgiving dinner. You don't expect it to be a favourite, but there it is every time, winning all of our hearts. Phones listening to Good. me. Good. I went, it, I went for a flame. walk about, about six months ago and, then, and just saw Jason Sudeikis in his get-up just, just around the corner. Did you really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just about to do some filming. Could, could he get... seems like such a sweet guy. Yeah. What's the solution to left back? KWP is obviously very good, but just not working with him cutting back all the time. When he's on the right, he was much more dangerous, but do we deem Tino better? Yes. (laughs) Move on. I feel like like the thing, whoever asked that question, that first part of that question is just coaching. If he continues to do it, then somebody needs to coach him to do things differently. Getting better is left foot. Yeah, maybe, not maybe to do things differently, but not to be so predictable. Again, I've not seen much of this. Um, I don't really know his name. Peru, Perrault. Perrault, yeah. I thought Walker-Peters, and we discussed this last time, I thought Walker-Peters one of our best players last season. So to upgrade in his... I mean, I'm glad we've upgraded. I think you can always upgrade, and we have. But to, to where we need upgrading everywhere is a place we didn't. So I think that you need to have your best players on the pitch and... Walker Peters is one of our best players, so I think Walker Peters and Livermore both need to play. And if they're both full back, yeah, done. Next, <laughs> yeah, we've we've got a lot to go through from the sort of yeah more um, straightforward to slightly more hypothetical and um, yeah, potentially a bit more interesting. So, do we need to bring a goalkeeper in? In Jan, I mean, it's a firm yes from me. I guess you're both feeling firm, the same it's way. A firm yes, I just don't think I just don't think they will. I think you offer if if we got Johnson's contract is up at the end of the season. Yeah, just give him give him McCarthy and Forster for him. <laughs> Shot for a straight. Sort of I'd, I'd, I'd love that, but I just think they'll they'll look at it and think we we can go for other positions. Even though I think goalkeeper is the most key position to go for and um, improve on us because it was saved us so many points and gives us a much better chance of staying up. But yeah, I just don't think the club will look will. Say, oh, we'll go and give Sam, go and give West Brom what, five million for Johnston now. Get him now, rather than wait until the summer and try and get him on free. But I think, I think the wise thing would be to go for him in January because there'll be clubs that can, clubs that probably can out outbid us in wages. We'll go for him in the summer. I'm looking at West Ham, probably even like a I don't know a Leicester. If they need a goalkeeper, so maybe. Back up Schmeichel, but um, yeah, I think I think we just need to go and get him. Definitely. I mean, the extra layer to this is that am I right in saying that Fraser Forster is still one of our highest earners, or he's in the top three highest earners? I read somewhere. Yeah, I mean, 
for a non-playing goalkeeper. Oh, we just need to resolve that situation. And it feels like it's just been kicked down the road till literally now we're in a situation where it's likely Forster will move on. We've paid him pretty handsomely to play not much football whilst having a below Premier League quality keeper in actually in the eleven. Just a situation that needs resolving ASAP. Final um, question on on this kind of front about January. Um, are we in danger of losing JWP to who, in January? That's a rumour that's kicking about, isn't it? I don't think in January. I don't <sighs> think I, I don't see us selling our best player and most valuable and our captain in January. My worry is the summer because. I mean, the amount of times I've heard Ward Prowse in one of his interviews say, oh, who's your idol? Stephen Gerrard. Who's the club that's been interested in for the past six months? Aston Villa. So I wonder whether the end of the season could be a bit of a worry. I don't I don't worry about Newcastle too much because I think I, I don't see Ward Prowse going there. But Villa, Villa will be my worry. Good point, to be fair. Didn't think about him. Mm. He seems a smart lad. Like with how fickle football fans are, football clubs are. Gerard could be manager there in two years. You know what I mean? Like he could move on. I and mean, also, if, if the thing is that Gerard, if he does well in in three at Villa, going really up well, to, three, yeah. three or four years, he's he's going to be Liverpool manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, you, years, your point about 30, 31. Yeah, your point about Gerard coming potentially to to us or would have liked to have got him. I think some Villa fans are like, look, we're excited to see what he's about and relatively untested, but does feel <laughs> like it is very much a stepping stone. Um, I don't know if either of you saw the FFP figures that were kicking about because basically there was a study that was, I think, based on last um, year's finances on who could spend what. And Villa were one of the only, well, one of two teams. Everton were actually judging by this in the red, but Villa were below us in the amount they could spend um, in the upcoming transfer window. So it was an interesting one where I thought, you know, actually Jared's going to get backed, but maybe he's not. And maybe they actually don't appreciate they've just sold Jack Grealish, but they've replaced him with three pretty expensive players. So who knows on that front? But yeah, I I can't see him going in in January. Very similar to you both. Um, Coxie, you said you've got a question for us. Why don't you ask this one of us two and then uh, yeah, I've got a couple more to, to wrap up with. Yeah, so obviously oh, I'm a celebrity going on right now. And I'm just trying to think of former Saints players that have been in there. I think Wayne Bridge has been in there. I think Neil Ruddock has been in there. Dennis Wise. Dennis Wise. Dennis Wise. So there's three. Who, who would you like, former player, former or current player, would you love to see in the jungle? Or current, Castle, is it? Current now? player, McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> you can stick him in now. Could we get him in soon? Yeah, you'd be voting for him Whoa. to stay in every week. <laughs> Dropping the stars everywhere, wouldn't he? <laughs> Wait, so are we, we thinking entertainment value or just like bloody good bloke or not even a good bloke? Like, would be just interesting to see what they're like. Here's, I'm going to change the question. It's going to be a three-parter. So one, who would you want to see in the jungle? Okay, so who would you just want to see every single day? You know, I thought Bullard was brilliant in there. Like he just, he was Jack the Lad and everything. thought he was brilliant. So just somebody you want to watch. The second one, who do you want to see eat a kangaroo's nut? Rupert Lowe. And then the third one, 
who would you want to see buried alive in a Bush Tucker trial? And you can pick, uh, you can pick Saints players, Saints players, or chairmen, or if you really want to pick somebody else, like Harry Redknapp or something. Done it there, hasn't he? Oh yeah, he's done it. We had a manager in there as well. Man, quite a few Saints links with him. Yeah. So. Well, Rupert Lowe's eating the bollock. Yeah. What's worse? Would you rather is is eating a bollock or being buried alive worse? I'd rather eat a bollock and be buried alive. Yeah, I'd rather eat a bollock. <laughs> What is this podcast turned into? <laughs> buried alive, buried alive. I think you you well, really like, want to punish like rats and stuff. Yeah, you like rats and bugs and maybe a couple of snakes in there. Yeah, put Rupert Lowe in. Put Rupert Lowe. Wait, so Rupert Lowe's not eating a bollock anymore? He's now being buried alive. He's now buried alive. Yeah, he's an old man, Sam. You're going to kill an old man, is what you're going to do? He'd be all right. You're right. I'm trying to think. I'd want to see a bollock. I mean, he's made headlines for pretty much all the wrong reasons over the last 18 months. But yeah, I mean, could could it further damage a club legend in Matt Latiss going in? Yeah. Bit annoying, any on Twitter at the minute. I've unfollowed him for months, months. Yeah. I've unfollowed him and now I, I see stuff crop up and I'm like, oh, it's getting, it's actually getting worse. Lambert's, Lambert's, in the sim- Lambert's not as vocal, but he, on his Instagram, he probably sticks on stuff about like, anti-vax and stuff like that. Ooh. The number I think seven of any just ruddy good blokes that I just want to, I'd love to go for a beer with. Old Saints players, come on, there must be one that we'd want to see in there who's just a good time, like you say, similar to Jimmy Bullard, someone like that. I tell you, I think it would be good, Kelvin Davis. Yeah. Or Jason Dodd. Jason Dodd. They always seem like, whenever you saw them in like the car park when you were a kid, they always seem, well, not Kelvin Davis as much, but Jason Dodd always seemed proper lively. Benali, Benali would do well in the jungle. Yeah. yeah he'd he's, he's, everyone likes him and he'd he just have a go with the trials, wouldn't he? He just he wouldn't give a shit. He'd eat a bollock unprompted as well, wouldn't he? Wouldn't even be a trial. He just he eats them a... for brekkie, I reckon. <laughs> just like, he's a fucking machine, that guy. <laughs> He'll pop a bollock in there, sure. Um, He'd be like Ginola is now. He'd be like the, the daddy of the camp. People would be chatting, chatting to him. Not quite as suave as Ginola. But... Uh, yeah. Are you happy with those answers, Paul? I feel like maybe you're searching for something a bit more, but that's all That's all we've got for you, yeah. I'm afraid. That's all we have. We have Rupert Lowe was buried alive. Who was eating the bollock again? I wouldn't Benali. put Franny Benali eating the bollock. And I'm not yeah, happy with Danny Osvaldo just to see what happens. But someone of that ilk, just to really yeah. you know, bag. Get, bag. get amongst yeah. it. Borough, that sort of vibe. Yeah, I just kind of threw it on you, lads. It's not, I wasn't, <laughs> we're limited, didn't we? David, Pratt, I don't know. He's been yeah. pushing out on deck everywhere, hasn't he? <laughs> Whatever questions wasn't we Richard got. Richard Chaplow, Chaplow was supposed to be a bit of a, bit of a good lad, wasn't he? A bit of a legend. Is it, are those rumours true? I don't know. He's uh, he's just taken over a club out here. Is it Orange Ooh, Orange Cam- Orange, Orange Cam- Yeah. The OC. Doesn't quite scream the OC, does he, Richard Chapman? Just in the general <laughs> aesthetic. Fuck, his head's gonna get sunburned. Yeah, very much so. Right. T- two more questions. Let's see how we get on with these. The first is, 
would you take getting into the Champions League with Ralph, but we then have to hire Sean Dyche and keep him as manager for five years? And it's an unknown what happens in those five years. So you're guaranteed Champions League football. We get all the away days to, you know, Milan, Madrid. It's Champions League football, right? But then Milan, we Milan's have a shit. to... Milan's a shit Malazza shoots <laughs> out, says Sam. So, uh, yeah. He gets us there, then go, leaves. Go on. That's, yeah, that's what happens, right? Yeah, you know, he gets poached by a bigger team. But it's a hypothetical situation, right? So Don't go guy. into the detail too much, Paul. So big dice, he takes us into the Champions League. I honestly... I'm, say, I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes as well. Yeah. Because Genuinely dice same. And I... Burnley in the Premier Burnley League with a, lot, with a lot worse team than we've got. I just hate him. And I think that's why my mate asks this, because he knows that I hate Sean Dyche. You might sign Maxwell uh, Corner as well. I like Maxwell Corner at the moment. Sean Dyche, I don't think they play that bad football, but he is that voice. I don't know how I'd how I'd get on with that. I just wouldn't watch, you know, post-match or, or pre-match presses and just get on with it. There'll be many I'm waistcoats around football. if Dyche is there. <laughs> Ralph's waistcoat would be right on the bin, wouldn't it? What is Ralph doing, by the way? Like, that is the most bizarre sort of, like dress code turnaround. He was just a tracksuit man. Like, what's gone on? I mean, I'm no male model. He looks ridiculous. Is he trying? Is, <laughs> is he trying to deflect some of the results by looking like yeah. a twat? <laughs> <laughs> I think is it is it Julian Nagelsmann who interestingly took Ralph's job at Leipzig. But I remember some Champions League nights where he has worn the most outrageous. Suits going. He hasn't got, he hasn't got full something. Paul Tisdale yet, has he? With the old cravat and flat cap. Yeah. And all that. <laughs> just, just bizarre. Is he having like a midlife crisis? Things don't seem right at home. I think to be too. I rather he was wearing that, that. Then he was a walking club shot like the other club is like Ralph was last season. We kept wearing the. Here we go. All the, so all the club shots. We're taking Dutch for five years. Ralph's leading us to Champions League. I'm, I'm all over that. The follow-up question from the same friend of mine was and he's just finished watching the Derby Days, the Copper 90 documentary, which if you haven't seen it, it's great on the Saints versus Pompey rivalry. He asked, and him, I guess, sort of, yeah, looking in on fandom when there's a rivalry like this, he was interested to know, do we like that they are shit and are in League One or would we rather play them more frequently? I absolutely love their shit. <laughs> absolutely love our shit there. so yeah I, I'd, I'd rather I, I mean we beat them 4-0 two years ago and then I was there we can't we can't really get any better than that just don't need them don't, don't need them play them don't yeah, think so I'm, I'm enjoy how shit they are I love, I love that they're shit it, it turns me on a little I'm not going to lie but <laughs> I would like to play it more frequently like if it was every once every you know three to four years I think we need it like Every time we get in a cup, we're both in this hat, and I'm like, let's get them. I always want to play them because you know it's going to, you're not obviously when you're in League One, you can't play the Premier League teams, can you? So um, that's why I, I do want to play them more in the cup. But yeah, I, I love it this year. I wouldn't want them in the Prem with us. No interest in that whatsoever. Yeah. What you, I'd have to, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd make it a full house um, on that front. I also think that maybe it's a bit sad, sort of, you know, men behind keyboards or whatnot, but so much of football and life is now played out on social media. And like just, you know, seeing their results pop up. I think I got beat 4 by Ipswich recently, stuff like that. Like 
it's, it's just class. And also the idea of getting them in the cup from a position of we're in the Premier League, they're in League One. That's a good feeling. Like we look forward to that and relish it. Whereas, you know, as much as they might be like, oh, we want to play Saints, like they, they go into those games dreading it. And that, that feels very nice as a Saints fan. For sure. Nothing more to add, Your Honour. Uh, I think that just about wraps it up. What else did I have on my, my agenda for you both? Um, no, yeah, not, not, go on. Did no, did no get an agenda? Yeah, did no. Uh, no, 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 nothing else. I got up a few, few things that I was going to run by you, but you know what? I think let's leave it for another time. Maybe me and Sam can pick this up next week. We've spoken for long enough, in my opinion. Anything else that either of you want to want to have a little natter on before we wrap up? No, I think we've covered quite a lot. Haven't we? Yeah, it's been good. I've loved that. And uh, and you can get back to eating your your bean casserole, whatever it is you, you've got going on. 